the hip hop, the hibbit, the hibbit to the hip hip hop, and you don't stop rocking to the bang bang. And we are recording. Hello, internet. We are the Uncultured Saints. I am Pastor Goodman, and uh, joining in this day is Pastor Eli Leitzow from Colorado, where the hippies live. Yes, the, the, the wonderful, wonderful hippies that just up till two years ago lived in California. Now they've all moved here and made Colorado just as nice as California. Okay, so we have been leading up to um, the thing that matters the most. The thing that we've we've kind of been circling around because if, if it's not done well, we lose everything. We're, we need to talk about Jesus. Yeah, and hopefully we do it well. Uh, maybe you can tell by the way that we're talking we're, at least from last time, we're not as uh, jovial or boisterous. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just we've had busy, busy weeks. But also, I think it has something to do with the fact that this is this is the article where everything stands or falls on this one. And you can't really mail this one in. We, we actually tried to do this last week. Uh, and this this should be, for Lutherans, this article, the, the righteousness of faith before God, as, as the uh, Formula of Concord calls it. This article should be uh, the found. It is the foundation. Every Lutheran pastor worth his weight should be able to speak for two hours about this to whomever comes into their office and starts talking. Okay, so if this is what everything stands or falls on, Jesus, the church looks different without it. So maybe let's just lay out what it is. Justification. It's a really fancy church word, and I love it because when I use it, it makes me sound smart. But what does it mean? What does justification mean? Yeah. Uh, justification means that I am righteous before God uh, apart from any of my works. It's purely the grace uh, given to me, his mercy, his forgiveness of Jesus on the cross, uh, forgiveness of sins, life and salvation given to me without any merit on my own whatsoever. That's in a nutshell justification. What if we added to that, though, like just a little bit, like just a little bit of me because I make everything so much better? Oh, just a little bit. That's fine. No. He <laughs> <laughs> ruined it. Next week, we'll try again. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, it's, it sounded like the right answer. When we add even a little bit of us, that's enough to pollute the whole thing. If, if we don't have a, a proper understanding of how we are righteous before God, if I am involved in it in any way, shape, or form, I will ruin it. And so when we interject ourselves into our righteousness before God in any capacity, we always end up getting farther from what the church actually is, Jesus saving sinners. It's sort of like me helping with dinner. You don't want me around there because if I help even a tiny little bit, I will ruin the whole meal. I'm just that talented. If there is a way to mess it up, I will find that way. And as soon as you you put the, the righteousness that sounds like a cop in out. any capacity. I'm sorry, that, that sounds like a cop out. Fine. I, I think Lisa's going to sit there and say, uh, no, you could probably cut some vegetables for me. <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to make it taste worse because you cut the, the carrots wrong. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Even in your compliments, you destroy what I'm doing. <laughs> I know you get see. So you're gonna you're gonna have to uh, learn how to keep your focus, even as I, I jump in with these random, 
random Oasis comments and cut the carrots right comments. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you can keep some of this. It's good. It's uh, gold. Yeah, there will be seconds of this that are useful. <laughs> it's gold. It's gold. We Okay, so when it comes down to the righteousness of faith before God, uh, it, it's the sole thing. It's the number one thing that the church has to, has to be clear on. We as Lutherans need to be clear on. And so if we want to speak correctly about everything else, we have to speak correctly about this. We can't add anything to it. And I know as a Lutheran, you say, duh, of course not. Probably even as a, just a, a general Christian, when you say, yeah, I can't add anything to faith, duh, that makes sense. But then we find ourselves, or correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor Goodman, but we find ourselves, this is really easy to interject ourselves into salvation, right? I mean, even the smallest bit. It's almost impossible not to, um, for me at least, as a sinner, because I want everything to be about me. I, I'm so focused on myself that if you ask me, how do I make things right with God, I'll say, I'll make him something and he'll love me again. Um, in, in all of it, from the very fall, we've always been focused on this. How can I fix what was broken? And every single time it gets worse every time we try and lay hands on it. This is why we don't want to be involved in our salvation at all. And quite frankly, this is why God doesn't want us to be involved in our salvation at all. He knows we're just going to screw it up. And the, the, the problem is we don't know that we're going to screw it up. I mean, intellectually, you and I can sit here and we can talk about it. And intellectually, we can say, yeah, I don't want to be involved in my salvation because I'll screw it up. And then later on, today I'm going to sin. And my first inclination isn't the gospel and forgiveness in Jesus and his cross for me. My first inclination is, A, uh, to justify myself. Right? Or to blame somebody else. That's, blame that's somebody else. It was yeah. somebody else's fault. I had an excuse this time. Or simply, I'll make up for it later by somehow balancing the scales. Exactly. Um, I'm I'm okay with the fact that I'm a sinner. I'm just not as bad a sinner as anybody else, and I'm sure deep down that's enough to make me all right. That's how we. That's how we act. That's it's it's again. It's not what we're gonna say. It's not what we would uh, intellectually be able to say or or would want to say. But that's exactly how we act. That's how the sinner acts. And the problem is then we have uh, a a giant church. You know, the big C, however you want to put it. We, just, we have a giant church. I'm not pointing out congregations or denominations. A giant church that's full of people who say one thing. It's all about Jesus. Uh, and then do another. And no, I've got to interject myself into salvation. And then I don't know what that is anymore. It looks like the church. It sounds exactly like the church is supposed to sound. It's got all the trappings of the church. But if it isn't Jesus and Jesus alone, then it's not the church. But, I mean, you're talking about my church. I, I mean, you can you can try and put this outside of our walls or our congregations or our synod, but this is our church because this is what we will devolve to over and over again, which is why the proclamation of the gospel is a week-in, week-out type of thing. Jesus didn't say, go into all nations and give them a pamphlet. They won't have any problems after that. He, he says, set up churches 
administer the sacraments, preach the gospel week after week after week, because I can hear the gospel one week, but by the very next day, I'm right back to trying to fix this thing myself. And in all of it, my Lord would continue to pour out grace and mercy. If I'm going to stand before God, it must be on that, his continual giving of, of mercy, his continual forgiveness of sins that is poured out every day all anew. Yeah, I don't want to go down uh, the the road where we're going to talk later on if we ever get there because we're not good at this stuff and we're taking too long to get <laughs> anywhere in this study. But there is that difference where, and I think this is part of the problem of interjecting ourselves into salvation, is every Christian knows the historical fact of the cross. And then we say, okay, the historical fact of Jesus on the cross that's uh, that's good. That's a good foundation. That's where we're going to start, and that's it. And now we're going to build upon that historical fact of Jesus on the cross for me. But how do we then build upon it? We build upon it with our own good works. We don't build upon it with, hey, now this is how Jesus brings the cross to you in word and sacrament. I. That's what we should do. That's what we need to do. Like you just said, Pastor Goodman, you need to hear, I need to hear, everybody needs to hear, the proclamation of that gospel, uh, your sins are forgiven every single Sunday. And you actually receive the gospel. That's not just hearing about the gospel. That's actually receiving the gospel. Right. This is why our Lord set up a church. This is honestly why we do theology. The reason that we have podcasts like this isn't just because you and I are bored and don't have enough work to do. Um, it's a little bit that we're bored and need more work for ourselves maybe i don't think that's true i think every single congregation would say uh <laughs> you, you don't need to be spending that time on a podcast <laughs> that's fair um but we're here because there's a purpose behind theology. Theology is for the comfort of troubled consciences. We don't do this just as an academic exercise. We don't do this so that we can find other people who are doing it worse than us and feel superior. We do this that we would find Jesus forgiving our sins. Every time we dive into the scriptures, we are looking for this. And that changes Christianity from a, a balancing of the scales or, or a working of, of good inside of me that somehow pleases God into comfort because Jesus died for me. Um, when we when we always try and find theology as, as an excuse, as, as a loophole, as a way to, to climb a ladder towards righteousness, every single time it stops being about Jesus for sinners and it starts being about how can I get away with this? It starts we, becoming theology in the abstract. Right. But the problem with the abstract is there's no certainty. The whole point of the gospel is that it is certain, it is finished, and it is for you. We're not talking about abstract sins, and we're not talking about abstract forgiveness. We're talking about a, a building that was set up to give concrete gifts to sinners so that we would know that we stand before God in righteousness. Sorry, I thought it was going to sneeze. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to tell you to turn it over to me. I thought it was going to sneeze. Well, now you have to do something. I, sneeze for me. Do it. <laughs> no, it's gone. It's gone. It was a ghost sneeze. And now it's just making my left eye water. So, Pastor Goodman, how do I know that I'm a Christian then? Sneeze and then I'll tell you. <laughs> Can't. Only if you promise to say, uh, God bless you, because that's the Holy Spirit exiting my body. And you need to, like, cram him back in there. Exactly. Is that how that works? I think that is, right? Isn't, isn't that what they used to say? That I mean, that's the whole reason they say God bless you? I thought that was, like, evil spirits, not the Holy Spirit. Well, well, 
It makes more sense that I'm sneezing out the Holy Spirit and I got to cram them back in my nose, doesn't it? Well, uh, no, that doesn't make any sense, actually. No, uh, maybe that, my parents told me that uh, old wives' tale wrong. I like that version better, though. So, like, do you do you shove a Kleenex up there to kind of force him, or like, no, what, I what's just your, better be around somebody who here? gives me a blessing. Otherwise, I got to bless myself, and it doesn't work that way. You blow your own nose. I know, but uh, you're not using the analogy correctly. That. Welcome to the grown-ups table. Help cook dinner, pastor. <laughs> That's not going to make any sense if you cut that out. So you you better have kept that that uh, cut the cut carrots them both out. <laughs> yeah, no. You just keep rolling this. It's your problem. You're scared. You're scared of what might be comedy gold. <laughs> comedy gold. What, what must I do, Pastor Goodman, to be a Christian? Or how do I know? Sorry, how do I know that I'm actually a Christian? In regards to this, the righteousness of faith before God. Those are two very different questions, and that's actually worth kind of picking apart, right? What must I do to be a Christian versus how do I know I am a Christian? Because yeah, I didn't we, mean to ask the first one. but I know, we but go, we, we always want to ask the first one. What do I do to become a Christian? What do I do to make sure I'm a Christian? And every single time, we, we are focusing on the wrong pronoun, I. What, what, what is it in me that I can point to or measure or demonstrate to, to show, to, to find certainty? Where can I find within me the, the absolute truth that, that I am a good person, that I am holy, that I am righteous? And the problem is I can't. I'm a sinner. There's nothing good within me, at least according to the scriptures. All my righteous deeds are filthy rags. Yeah, they are. I don't want them to be, and I don't. I don't think that they should be. And a lot of the times I look at the law of God and I say, well, yeah, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I want to say that I'm able to do that most of the time. Um, but then I think that's when we actually turn into, in, in the parable of the of the Good Samaritan, we, we turn into that lawyer who's attempting to justify himself by saying, Who's my neighbor? Because I know that then it can't be about me. I mean, I, I can't I can't actually uh, do what I'm, I'm hoping that I can. And so maybe that's why we interject ourselves a little bit into it. Because we still think it has to be about us a little bit, right? So it's not all about me getting to heaven. It's not all about me and my righteousness of faith before God. But it's got to be a little bit. Just the smallest bit. Just, just me taking Jesus hand right so how do you get right without righteousness like what what right do you have in you that that's going to yield righteousness start at the other place righteousness yields right deeds righteousness makes you right with God he who is righteous does something for you when we talk about how how do I know I'm a Christian maybe don't start with you start with Jesus that that might be the safer place no, that's definitely the safer place. Unfortunately, that's not the place where our natural inclination wants to go. Well, Unfortunately, I can't by that's... my own reason or strength get there. I cannot by my own reason or strength believe that Jesus Christ is, our, is my Lord. Um, I, I cannot come to him. He has to call me by the gospel, enlighten me with his gift, sanctify and keep me in the true faith. So if we want to talk about certainty in being a Christian, either how you got to be one or how you're sure one today, you actually can't be involved in the discussion at all. Yeah, I... I remember when I started seminary, 
uh, how long ago was that? 15, 16 many years? Moons, when did moons. we when did we start? We, we started at the same time, 15, yeah. 16 years ago. 2006. And, okay. So some of you haven't been alive that long. So I started we're seminary. I, I was a lifelong Lutheran. You're older than me. That's true. <laughs> I was a lifelong Lutheran. And I should I should know this stuff, right? I should know where I can get my, my confidence, where I can get my assurance of salvation. But like you were just talking, we want to go back to ourselves somehow. That's how I want to be assured of my righteousness of faith before God. I, I want to go back to myself. I remember I was at a Bible study. This was a, a Lutheran pastor. We ju- I just started seminary. My wife was there too. And my wife asked a, a, a question, kind of a personal, kind of an academic question. But the question was, how do I know? Like, how can I be certain in those times of complete and utter doubt, whether or not I'm saved, whether or not I believe in God, whether or not whatever, how can I be certain? And unfortunately, the answer and even as a, a, a early seminarian who should have known exactly what was wrong, but didn't, uh, I at least knew that something sounded wrong. Because he turned my wife back to herself. He said, uh, the very fact that you're, you're having those doubts uh, should give you confidence that you truly do believe and are saved. So let me kind of pick that apart then. That what what he, he was saying then is that you're even worrying about this at all means there's at least something that you care about. Like you wouldn't be afraid of not being a Christian if you didn't want to be a Christian, and that you want to be a Christian is a sign that you are a Christian, right? Um, yes. It, it it makes sense. So let me try it somewhere else. Um, how do I know I'm truly a unicorn? Well, the very the very fact that right now on a, as I'm looking at Skype, you've got a unicorn horn on your head. And you're dressed in purple. Might tell you that <laughs> you're a unicorn. Just thinking about it, just wanting to be a unicorn doesn't make me a unicorn. What if I really feel in my heart that I'm a unicorn? Well, I, like, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. But I... <laughs> yeah, that could go down some dark roads, and we don't need to go there today. But, I mean, so here's the problem, though. Sometimes I, I really get your do point. want to be a Christian, but, but a lot of other times I really don't want to be a Christian, especially when we deal with the fact that Christians aren't supposed to like sin. And I love me some sin. And if we want to measure our salvation based on how sorry we are over the things that God says we should be sorry over, we've got a problem. I'm not saying that Christians aren't contrite over their sins. I'm saying that when you want to measure how contrite you are, you're not going to feel very Christian. And I, I've, I've proved it. I've done this for a few years now. We have confession and absolution every single Sunday. And, and I, I make my people tell me that they are sorry for their sins. And they all say it the same way. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. With which... Nobody's cried once. Like if they were really sorry for their sins, they should have cried sackcloth ashes some i i'm we just sort of spiel out the words and as how do i forgive them all their sins if i'm not going to look into their hearts and decide for myself whether or not they're sorry enough for me to call them worthy of, of the absolution do you see how dark and twisted this gets every single time we put this on ourselves instead of on our lord's promise the church gets lost 
I'm not saying the building goes away. I'm not saying Jesus didn't die on the cross, but I'm saying we're pointing to something that isn't Jesus dying on the cross. Let the absolution rest on his mercy and not your sorrow. Because the second you enter into his realm with your sorrow or your good works, even a tiny little bit, you take away from the certainty because it's no longer, it is finished. It's a process now. It's yeah. no longer a completed action. It's something that's still ongoing because I might be sorry right now, but I won't be later. And the and the process that's that I I love that how you brought that word into it because modern day Christianity maybe not not even modern. Oh, it's day always a journey. It's a process. It's always yeah. it's it's the journey of becoming the Christian. It's the process of becoming a Christian, which, like you said, it, that means that it's not mine fully. That that I'm not the best darn Christian that I could be right now. Absolutely. I, I've seen churches actually named this Journey Church. And that's just a, a, a wonderful Journey proclamation that what you're going to hear in this building is not that you're okay with God. What you're going to hear is that maybe you could be one day, but it's going to be a rough road. And you're going to have to do a lot of walking. And then we're still going to have to massage the law so that it's something that you can actually achieve. Just by saying that this is a journey, you're saying it's not finished. And that disagrees. That disagrees with our Lord who died on the cross speaking those words. This is not a journey. It's, it's complete. Christ walked that road to the tomb and walked right back out again. You have received the Holy Spirit in your baptism. You've received the Holy Spirit that has come through the preaching of the word. And so I can speak to this right now. I am a Christian because God made me that way, because I'm baptized, because God has given me this gift. I'm not going to measure how I feel about it. I'm not going to measure how I respond to it in good works after. Of course, both of those will be there. But if you actually want to measure um, Christmas, don't measure the gifts, measure the calendar. If you actually want to measure Christianity, don't measure the fruits of faith. Measure the faith where it's given. Measure the source. And the problem with all this journey talk and journey business is not only when we have that, uh, do we do a disservice uh, to the church. Yes. But, but we also do a disservice to the uh, great band from the 70s and 80s who brought... <laughs> Phenomenal music into our into our hearts and into our minds, um, and 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 pled with us all um, that we would not be led into this this trap of faith and stop. Don't believing. stop believing. <laughs> Just don't stop believing, man. That's all there is to it. It is finished. Um, and so this is this is the the problem of of righteousness of faith before God that we would make it the journey and then it's our job to either continue believing or stop believing. Um, you are not just a small town girl, Pastor Lisa. <laughs> this is not a lonely world. Hey, don't quote too much. There's copyright infringement that has has to be done here. Yeah, that's the reason that we shouldn't keep going down that road. <laughs> that's absolutely the only reason we shouldn't keep digging that hole. Um, they, all, they all know what we're talking about. Don't you worry about that. But this is this is what happens. Um, every single time we, we would start to look to ourselves. Every single time we do that, Jesus on the cross isn't sufficient because we're either only looking to one of his natures or the other and not both. Every time... What do, wait, 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 what do you mean by okay, that? Okay, so, so Jesus is true God and Jesus is true man, correct? Absolutely. And he's not 50-50. He is God and, and he did we, become man. And these are we absolute, confess that. Yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and every time I wanted to make 
how do I know I'm a Christian? Every time I want to put conversion on me in any capacity, I only want to look at either Jesus and his divinity or either Jesus and his humanity, never both. And the only place both of those really come together is the cross. When I want to look at Jesus as just a man, he is the role model. He is the philosopher. He is the person that tells me to love everybody. And the, he's, he's the copycat. What would Jesus do? So, so before we, we roll down those roads, because that's what this, this article here in the formula is, is really about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so I didn't, I didn't want to cut you off too much. But when you, when you open up the formula of Concord and you read it, that's what they're speaking about here. There's, there's this controversy of uh, dividing, dividing the natures of Christ and saying that I'm righteous before God because of only one of those natures before Christ. So when you're actually reading this formula, it sounds really heady, really theological. It, it's tough to make heads or tails of. Uh, what Pastor Goodman was leading us down the road there, and, I'm sorry, and I, I appreciate it. I was on a midnight train. It, it, was, it was going anywhere. Yeah, you're not as good at this as I am. No, nobody is. <laughs> No, but I know I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, everything that you do, Pastor Goodman. But no, seriously, when you were bringing this uh, bringing this up, you were leading us down uh, down the, the the correct thing way of talking about this, and and we should. But just so we're all on the same page here, this this is the issue. When we divide the natures of Christ, when we say I'm righteous before God because of Jesus, but only because Jesus is God we're going to find ourselves in some heresy. And if we say, I'm righteous before God because of Jesus, but only because of Jesus as he was a man, then we're going to find us on a different heresy. Both of those heresies, they do look the same. Because in either case, I'm looking to myself, either because the the sort of religiousness comes into me because, you know, like I I feel the, the Jesus within me somehow that... That, that so let's talk. More, let's talk about yeah. that, Pastor Goodman. So, so I say, I say, yes, I am righteous by faith before God because of what Jesus is, or who Jesus is, and what He's done specifically, and only because of Him and His divine nature. So, what am I saying then in regards to that, or how does that literally come across in in the way that we would speak to our our neighbors about this? Like, is that Jesus? He's like, dwelling within us, right? Yeah, like like strangers waiting up and down a boulevard. <laughs> There's shadows searching in the night. <laughs> You're not even using good lyrics for this. <laughs> <laughs> you started with a song that that didn't give me a lot of ammo. <laughs> I didn't start with the song. You brought the song in there. Oh yeah. I just. I just brought the band in there. You brought Don't Start Believing. Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing. That's on you. That's on you. That's on you. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. I don't believe you for a second. Don't measure my contrition. Measure my Lord. Uh, (laughs) If you really were sorry... Pastor Goodman, I could hear it in your voice. Mm-hmm. So that's the awful part about measuring contrition is, is it's half-hearted most Sundays. Um, and, and if we're going to be truly honest with ourselves, we know that even as we say it, and we actually do come to hate our sin, we're not as done with it as we want to be. Like at the moment where I truly despise my sin and truly do want to do better because the Holy Spirit has given me that gift to flee from sin, to love the Lord's righteousness and his commandments. Even as I'm 
saying those words, I a poor miserable sinner, I'm afraid that I'm pretty sure by Tuesday I'm going to be back at it, if not Monday afternoon. So where do I go then for, for certainty in this? Because it can't just be Jesus dwelling in me, otherwise I would be better than this. Yeah, that's the scary thing, right? Because like you said, if if I find my assurance not in Jesus and his cross, but in in Jesus the divine mystically dwelling within me, then like you said, I I should be better every Sunday. Like I shouldn't have quite as many uh, things to confess next Sunday as I did this Sunday. Right. There, there should be an onward and upward trend. Um, but the thing is, that also means that every single Sunday, I need Jesus less, which probably isn't Christianity. Like if the whole point of your religion is to get farther from the God who's trying to save you, I don't know. Um, that, that might not be right. <laughs> and, and when you put it like that, every person who has the, the I am a Christian sticker on um, would say, my goodness, of course I don't believe that, Pastor Goodman. But isn't that exactly what we do believe? If, if we believe that next week and then the week after and the week after, I'm going to be better and sin less uh, in, insofar as God is going to smile more upon me because of my less sin, then like you said, we're, we're losing Jesus every single week. With, with inevitably the hope that I get to a point where I never need him. Right. Like I've done really good this week. Except nobody's actually gotten there. Nobody's even gotten anywhere close. The best we can do is fooling ourselves. Yeah, just give me time. It. More often than not, though, we, because we recognize the futility of this, even though we can't stop trying for it, we end up trying to, I'm sorry, our way into heaven. We end up trying to apologize our way in, into salvation so that if, if God could see that I know this is the hundredth time and so I better be a hundred times sorrier than I was the first time, maybe then I can finally kick it. Uh, maybe then I can finally be done with this awful thing that, that, that I could actually have my Christianity as, as a measurement of my improvement. In either case, when we want to measure either the good works that come after faith, and there are of course good works that come after faith, or the contrition that, that would precede it, we're still not looking at Jesus. And so it's still a process. It's still not complete. And Jesus Jesus has words, even in the absolution, that, that don't leave wiggle room. In the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Disclaimer, we're not saying that good works aren't important. Disclaimer, we're not saying that uh, doing uh, doing less sin is a bad thing if you want to look at it in, in those terms, So it's right? so crass to take that route. Sin breaks stuff. Why would you want to hurt the people that God loves? Like, of course, exactly. of course, the lust for sin does not exist um, it, it, where there is true faith. We, we war with it because I want two things now. Absolutely. I, I, I do, Absolutely. I do war against the old lust, but they do not rule. They do not reign. I combat them with God's word. It's not that, like, simply which day do you want to sin less? That's the more Christian day. It's that every day I wake up wanting to sin and knowing that that's wrong because God's word has taught me and clinging to that promise that because it's wrong, Christ had to fix it but did fix it so that I might strive to help the people around me not worried anymore. Because, well, yeah, sin breaks stuff, but Jesus bore that into the tomb and back out again. And so... 
Go ahead. So if if no if 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 my if my assur- if I'm comforting myself with either uh, my contrition. Which again, let's not say that contrition is a bad thing. Contrition is a good and right thing. It's it's having God's law placed in front of me so that I see my sin and have uh, true sorrow for it. But if I'm if I'm comforting myself in my contrition, then yes, there are. It's not going to be good for a number of different ways, reasons. Uh, one is because there's going to be some sins that objectively speaking, I'm going to wonder why I feel so guilty about that stupid little sin. And then there's going to be other sins that I'm going to wonder why in the world don't I care? I mean, that sin was a really bad one. And yeah, I can say I can say the words that I'm sorry, but I don't really I don't really feel it like I should feel it like Martin Luther. Yeah, like Martin Luther whipping his back, feel it. That that's not me. And we say those words in the confession. I, I heartily confess, and and I don't know about heartily with my whole heart. I, I I'm saying it because everybody else is saying it, and and that that's not ideal. The hope can't be in me. It can't be. And if it's in contrition, even though contrition surrounds this whole thing of confession and absolution and is a part of it, and even though contrition is brought about uh, the the proper proclamation of the law into my heart to crush me. My contrition can't, is imperfect where God's word is perfect. My contrition exactly. is imperfect where God's grace is sufficient. We're still sinners. And so sinners aren't going to be contrite perfectly in the same way that they can't do good works perfectly. But Christianity is Jesus dying on the cross for sinners. The righteousness before God stands in faith alone apart from works. So, yeah, so flip that then. Because a lot of times within our our, uh, Christian denominations out there, our own congregations, our own natural flesh, talking with our neighbor— when we're talking about sin, when we're talking about forgiveness, when we're talking about how is it that God can smile upon me, right? Mm-hmm. We, we automatically come to these two places where we tell each other and tell ourselves to find comfort. It's contrition or it's the fruits of this gospel stuff. Right. So like, Which is the good I'm works. a Christian, I'm clearly better than the people that I will select as, uh, arbitrarily as worse than me so I can prove that I'm a better Christian. Or or, or, or not even not even that cynical. I'm not uh, cynical. But, <laughs> but, but the very fact that this week I can sit there and I can say, yeah, but you know what? I, I did objectively sin less. Like that one sin that I, that I uh, have been struggling with, like I did really good instead of sinning. 10 of those times I only did five of those times and I warred against it so this is how I can find comfort I can find comfort in the fact that it was only five this week not 10 that's the best excuse for justification a serial killer has ever made it was only, <laughs> only five dead five bodies people. this week I mean that that's hardly any damage done at all clearly I am righteous before the Lord or at least moving just, that at way. least I'm getting there at least I'm getting there um no we we still can't measure righteousness that way because almost perfect still isn't perfect still isn't perfect and i mean really uh, just sort of it's almost dinner time has fed nobody like we, we you want imagine? an objective statement if it was almost dinner time forever that'd be awful <laughs> could you imagine how how great it would be 
if uh, God viewed our righteousness uh, based upon uh, based upon our works like a uh, like a good major league baseball hitter's batting average? Like if That'd I only had terrible. to do it like two on, well, but hold on, if I only had to do it like twenty eight percent of the time and still be considered a a pretty good guy. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be terrible because I'm still not doing that. Like, okay, so why aren't you playing Major League Baseball if it's so easy? <laughs> well, because I can't hit a curveball. Okay, so where's your where's your 200 batting average, Pastor? I said 280. Some will win, but some will lose. And some were born to sing the blues. <laughs> You're awful. You're awful. Christ You're did not want some to lose. He wanted to die for all the world. Okay, so, so I'm about out of lyrics a, in that song. Succeeding a third of the time isn't isn't good enough. Is that what you're saying? Look, measure the source of grace, not the result of grace. Me- measure the source of faith, not the works that that would follow it. Measure Jesus' promise rather than how you react to it. Because I, I mean, I, I can tell my my kids um, at, at two in the morning, dinner is at six p.m. And they will not necessarily want to hear that because they're trying to sleep. It still won't be any less true. If, yeah. if the meal is placed before you on Sunday, that, that you would eat and drink Christ's body and blood, don't measure how you feel about it. Measure whether or not it's there. And the joy is that it will produce the, the feelings of joy. It, it will produce the, 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 the things that it demands. God's law demands more than we can give, but God's gospel gives everything that the law demands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was perfect. Um, yeah. It was. And, and, and I think it should be so darn simple. And, and I guess it could be, right? I, I mean, I guess we could be. have just come on here and it, I guess we could have just said, hey, Jesus it's Jesus, and that's it. And it would have been a seven-second podcast. Except every human being has every sort of inclination to put all of their reason, all of their logic towards pulling away from this gift. I have to find some way to interject myself into it. Um, it, it it's like Pastor Goodman and Journey lyrics. I will shoehorn this in here somehow, even if it clearly doesn't fit, just so I can feel good about it. Yeah, it'll be awful. It will be awful. And and then we'll be told by the powers that be that we can't use any of this because you quoted the whole stupid song and there's copyright infringement. Hold on to that feeling, Pastor. I am. It's a clenched <laughs> fist. It's going to find your nose. <laughs> so why do we want to bring the law into conversion so much? Because we're sinners. Why do we want to bring the law into conversion, um, not conversation? We want to bring the what? Not just convert, con, yeah, into conversation. Why do we want to bring the law into conversation? Nobody likes. Why do we want to bring the law? No, everybody loves talking about That's the true. law. Why do we want to bring the law into this? It's our natural inclination to bring the law into salvation. And so that means it's our natural inclination to bring the law into conversion. It's our natural inclination to bring the law into the uh, to every sort of conversation that we might be having about being saved by grace through faith. Somehow we can, we as Christians, we even as Lutherans, we can quote Paul and say, I'm saved by grace through faith. 
And this is a gift from God. It's not by works so that nobody can boast. And then there we are trying to put the law right back into it. So Luther, and in his very Lutheran way. Uh, <laughs> it was well said. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, he, in his, in his commentary to the, uh, on Galatians, he will speak very, very poorly about the law. Like he'll like he call almost the law sounds like a, an antinomian. A, a little bit, he said. Well, yes, and and he he will take the law and he'll call it a tyrant. He'll take the law and and he'll say that that it's it's nothing but rubbish before us. I mean, he he uses some crazy ways to speak about the law. For instance, uh, I just have one small little quote here. He says, as soon as reason and the law are joined, faith immediately loses its virginity for nothing is more hostile to faith than the law and reason. Nor can these two enemies be overcome without great effort and work, and you must overcome them if you are to be saved. So Luther doesn't hate the law then. He just doesn't want the law to have anything to do with, just with salvation. He doesn't want the law to have even an ounce to, to do with how you stand before God, and he doesn't want your brain to either. Um, the second— The law is—yes. The law is good and right and holy. It is given uh, to us by God. And Luther will say this without a doubt. And he'll say uh, the very first reason on this fallen planet is so that we don't go into chaos. And then the very next and most important reason that he does this is so that we can uh, be shown our sin and be brought to this understanding of contrition. And yet he will say, Luther, very, very uh, uh, definitively that any time we're talking about the law and if I'm talking about the law now, I'm talking about good works as well, our fulfilling of the mm -hmm. law. If at any point the law and our fulfillment of the law is brought into the conversation where we're talking about forgiveness, life, salvation, uh, eternal life, all I of that, that anymore. it is, and it's in its wrong place. Yeah. We're actually we're actually misusing the law. Right, then. because the law can't save you. It can point out all the reasons you're not saved. It can even point out how things are supposed to be. It can tell you what love looks like, but it can't accomplish it. Only the gospel can. Yes, do and and so in that way, I mean, Luther will go so far as as he'll he would say that if somebody's bringing the law into the conversation of of salvation, mm -hmm. he would call that the work of the demons. Absolutely. Well, because it's the demons who always want to preach law where we should hear gospel and gospel where we should hear law. It's the demons who want to, to say um, to somebody who is, is absolutely convinced that they're not doing anything wrong at all, well, why would it matter what, what is wrong? Jesus loves you. Don't worry about who the people you're hurting. And it's the same demons who, who would want to tell somebody absolutely terrified of, of the damage their sin has done, God hates sinners. The, the wages of sin is death you are going to die. The The devils love yes. to confuse law and gospel. They'll switch them around where it's, it's Jesus who would say to this sinner terrified of their sin, I forgive you your sins. And it's the same Jesus who would say to the, the, the sinner who has no problem with the people he's hurting, repent. Yes. And so the law in its proper place is wonderful and it's beautiful. When it's not in its proper place, it's it's horrible. It's, it's the last thing that we should be hearing. Well, even though it's the very first thing that we want to put in. Yeah, but I mean, this is from Jesus' own words. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we always take that in, into being really sorry because Jesus finally showed up to catch us in the stuff that we're doing. Um, and the truth is, this is a promise. You can repent or not. The kingdom of God is still here because the king is here. You should be sorry. Um, and if you actually want to understand what's really going on, you're first going to have to see who the king is. But 
in all of it, no matter how sorry you are or aren't, the kingdom of God is still here because Jesus is still here. Start there. That only reason that we stand righteous before God is because the kingdom of God was brought to earth to die on the cross. We want to see Jesus. Yeah. That's, a, that's it. That's, that's the only thing that there should be. I think that should be on every single pulpit. It should be on the front of every uh, pulpit or it should be uh, uh, on, the, on the stand there Sir, we wish so to that see the pastors Jesus. can hear it. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. So that, that every single pastor can be reminded uh, when they climb into that pulpit that their number one responsibility is to proclaim Jesus crucified for the forgiveness of sins. And if they walk out of that pulpit with, uh, without that being the most important thing talked about, then they have... They've done a poor, poor job. Right. I've been told um, that, that it makes our preaching derivative. It, it makes our preaching predictable. I'm actually really happy about that. Like, I, I mean, the, the very worst thing that, that um, I, I can be told is that you expect to hear that your sins are forgiven because Jesus died on the cross for me. Um, good day. That, that sounds like a good day. Yep. Um, if, if, yeah. if it's derivative, if every single thing that I do falls back into the cross of Christ, I think that just makes me a Christian. Um, I, I've been called a lot worse. Yeah. I, you talked about Jesus again. Yep. Good. Yep. I, I did. Good. I, I mean, I there's, sure there's no shortage of books you can read in improving your life. And there's no shortage of law that you'll hear from the pulpit as well. But that law will not save you. Your righteousness before God comes only from Jesus. So we need to preach that, that, that faith would turn to Jesus and only Jesus, not how sorry it is for where it messed up and not how much better it's going to do next time, but only Jesus. Only Jesus. And that's, again, this is, this is why this is so important. Because if, if it's not only Jesus, if salvation isn't only Jesus, everything falls apart. Everything, absolutely. It doesn't matter what we, uh, what we say about original sin. It doesn't matter what we say about good uh, free will or good works later on. It doesn't matter about anything that we're going to talk about. If, if we don't have Jesus and Jesus only for salvation apart from works so that it's only a gift, that, that we, then it all falls apart and we might as well be somewhere else. It's, it's not the church that we're at, and I'm, and I'm not hearing the word of God. I'm hearing something completely right, different. Right, you don't need to go to church to feel sorry. Like, I, I've been I'm been told nothing but I should feel sorry from most of what I hear on the news. And I've been told nothing but you should try harder in everywhere else that I go in my life. Let this one place be the place where the gospel rules. Jesus forgives you because he died on the cross for you. You receive it in word and in sacrament. That's it. It should be. I mean, not it should be. It is. And, and, I, and my prayer for myself and for my congregation, for my family, for, for you out there, is that this is, this is enough. That when we're talking about salvation, that when we hear these words, Jesus dead on a cross, risen from the grave for your forgiveness, then that's all we're looking for. And that's all that we would ever want to hear when it has to do with salvation and our righteousness in faith before it God. It goes on and on and on and on. And on. That's right. <laughs> well, that's the whole song, so I've got nothing left to talk about. Um, <laughs> We're going to get sued. <laughs> Either that or, seriously, they're going to shut this down. They're going to say, People yeah, you just wasted an hour. <laughs> People are praying for it. Thank you for bearing with the uncultured saints today. Um, what are we talking about next week? I don't even know. Probably this because you got... 
the whole stupid song in there, and there's copyright infringement. I don't know what's next. We're gonna do this a third no, time. No, this is a keeper. If if you can if you can talk about the whole plot to Free Willy, I, I... good works, good works. Finally, Wait, we just we've gotten talked the about good Jesus works. and Jesus it, and now we have to go back and talk about good works. This is going to be wonderful because they matter. It is. They do. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your time, your energy, and your patience with uh, my incessant quoting of Don't Stop Believing by the greatest 80s band that I can think of at this moment, Journey. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>